Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know me. I'm the self-proclaimed psychotherapist, unlicensed, doing unlicensed therapy. Uh, You know, sometimes we help people. You know, sometimes we make them worse. It doesn't, you know, you never know. Um, But anyway, uh, I'm really excited about my guest today. I have a comedian, a very, very funny and charming comedian, Sean Gibbs. And I'm going to get to him in a second. But uh, I just I just want to remind you that, you know, thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, we're independent. Hello, listener. That's you. Supported radio. Okay. So you should or not you should. But you know what? It would be really it would be a really good thing for you to um, donate some money or at least download our app. Pay attention. It's a really, it's a really important organization. It's a community-based organization. Uh, we give a free and open platform to the community, and we promote music, media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. So, uh, and it's tax deductible. So, if you give us like a thousand dollars, that's tax deductible. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit like a, a a money. You know what they call that a money money hiding scheme, money laundering. We do money laundering. Uh oh, I'm joking. Okay, radiofreebrooklyn.org/slash/donate. Check it out. Um, yeah, and uh, so uh, we're post pandemic now. I think it feels like we're getting back to normal. Um, I had my shot, my my uh, my booster, which that word cracks me up booster i got a booster yesterday uh two days ago and it made me made me kind of sick so i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna apologize to uh sean that i'm a little bit i'm a little like i'm gonna have to put that aside and power through it and we're gonna be fine but i'm just i'm just putting it out there and i'm also wanting to tell you to go fucking get your shots okay don't be a crazy person and think like you're going to something's wrong or something's weird or whatever like get real okay be real folks this is the planet we're on now and go get your shot all right be a bit, be be a grown up put on your big big person pants god i sound like a fucking mom it's terrible Anyway, hi, Sean. Hi. Hi, Sean Gibbs. I really wish you would have told me you weren't feeling well. We could have rescheduled. No, we couldn't. I have to do this show today. I mean, if you don't feel good, we could. No, no, no. Besides the fact. Are you going to be okay with. No, this is great because I don't want to focus on whether I feel well or not. And this will be be a relief for me because we're going to have a really connected conversation. I will forget all about any of my physical ailments. I never would have guessed that you weren't feeling well. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I got my booster. You did? Yeah, I had a little fatigue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's not like anything's really wrong, you know. Uh, Am I going to piss off some anti-vax people by saying I got my booster like I'm three times in? Um, yeah, but probably, probably for everything else, probably for if you're that kind of person that that believes in getting a booster, you're probably going to piss off those people anyway because you're yeah. not one of them. Um, I want to tell. Here's the thing. I want to tell you guys, you you people there in your in your in your wherever wherever you are. Maybe you're on the street. I picture everybody in their basement. That's what I picture people like sitting alone in their basement. But uh anyway, uh so here's the thing about Sean. 
Uh, Sean is multi-talented. I want to tell you that, first of all. He does improv. Well, he's an incredible comedian. He has a very original voice. And um, I haven't seen anyone like him. He's funny and charming and can kind of roll with anything. I think he, he can kind of handle any situation, which you don't you don't see a lot of that. Um, him and Lana, who was on a few weeks ago. Are Yay, Lana. Two people that I met when I first started doing comedy this time, and both they have been instrumental for me having uh, enjoy enjoyed doing it again and 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 going to things and feeling like they the two of them have been more welcoming than uh, I just you know I'm incredibly incredibly grateful. It's really helped me on a creative endeavor, and that is incredibly valuable. So I want you guys to know that. Um, Sean also uh, has been in bands. He's talented at music. He's been a singer, guitar player, percussion. He's traveled with his bands. He's he's studied theatrical clowning. He can do that. So he's he's talented, guys. And just because we're talking about how great Sean is. I just also want to <laughs> let you know, if you want to like check out any of his stuff, uh, Instagram at Sean, S-E-A-N Gibbs, G-I-B-B-S 108 and com. Okay, so there it is. Um, so I'm going to tell you my impression of you, Sean, and then and then we're going to like find out who you really I are. I was hoping you'd do an impression of me. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. So this is what I, I just, I mean, I kind of just did, didn't I? I, I think that um, more more than I expected from comedians, I think there's something about you that I felt initially comfortable and um, invited in. Like, and, and um, I don't see that a lot. I, I think that uh, speaks to the heart and soul of a true creative person who understands that's what we're here for. Uh, we're not, you know, we're all on our own, whatever, you know, not about bullshit. Com- you know how, you know how comedians are coming. So, um, and just, you know, really unique and funny. Uh, nice guy. He, you seem kind of... Um, you know, self-aware, kind of an emotionally, you know, uh, communicative type. Is that right? Yeah. That sound accurate? Yeah, that sounds, yeah. Never yeah. heard myself described that way. Maybe has some, you know, uh, maybe had to deal with some shit in his past, wasn't born yesterday kind of thing. Maybe like has had to have, has had some difficulties to overcome, I'm thinking, perhaps. I had difficulties just getting here today. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he has a clown nose around his neck. It's true. It's true. He was wearing a clown nose all the. Did that put you in the mood wearing your clown? nose? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I definitely felt I like an it. idiot walking over here. Yeah, you'll see. That's good. I like that. See, he's willing to make fun of himself. Uh, oh yeah, I, I have to. Um, but you know, I really want to get into like digging in deep to connecting and finding out who Sean is. But he said something before we went on the air that is just. I have to find out about before I can. It's too distracting. It's like, it's just way too distracting. Uh, when I first met Sean in uh, May, I think, he was single. And I found out today 
that he recently started dating somebody, and I'm really excited. He's cute. He's really cute and appealing. I'm not surprised. He is. He's Aww. cute. So, Sean, you're dating somebody. I know it's surprising to a lot of people. Is it? <laughs> How and long? they're surprised, I think, sometimes that it's a woman. <laughs> like, what? How long were you single? Were you single a while? Uh, Yeah, for a few years. Really? And even pre-pandemic, I was just like, I thought I was done. I thought like I'm never going to date anyone ever again. Oh well, so let's hear let's hear yeah. about um who it is, who's your your new I'm going to say his corny word squeeze. Squeeze. Ooh. I, know. I, I do like to squeeze her. No, but um, um so what happened? How did you meet? What's the story? Well, well um, I like her. <laughs> yeah, you will love you two would so get along. <laughs> and rewinding just before I dive into that uh when I was single when I met you, there I think the reason that we get along you and I and Lana and just is you're not an asshole. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> and uh, I've also seen your progression with how you work and you've dramatically improved every time that I've seen you. Wow. And Lana and I both just adore you and think Aww. you're amazing. Uh, so I think creative minds recognize that. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. And also that was another thing I was going to say about you and Lana and, but, but, uh, when I think about you in particular, your work ethic, which yeah. is something that I really value, uh, I, which I want to be inspired to work harder myself. And when I, I was just blown away when I heard that you had been doing open mics on Zoom during the pandemic twice, guys, twice a day. Five and eight every day. And, and Lana was part of that. And you yeah. guys did that every, like, that's, I was, was intimidated. Brutal. I was like, oh man, these guys are crazy, crazy, like, uh, crazy dedicated. Like, well, I think that's what also makes us humble too, is because we had more opportunities to fail than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right. I like it that. Like, I like to think that. The amount of times that I bombed, I've been going back through, I recorded a ton, like hundreds of the open mics on Zoom and I'm going back through them now and manually entering jokes from them and i'm just realizing what a crazy thing that was oh yeah, yeah. How, how did that kind of like take over your pandemic was that the focus uh, of your it, pandemic oh my god every day every day it was like the only thing like i was a str i was so stressed out and that was before my anxiety meds uh, well were, well were you stressed out at just because i would i would have to be i would wake up at 4 p.m every day get ready for the 5 p.m. mic and then do the 5 p.m. mic to 6, 6.30 sometimes, get off, work, rework my set or if jokes didn't work, eat something, uh, maybe go for a walk if I had time or go get, or, I don't know, and then be back at 8 for, for like an hour. And then I would write after that. And it was just, I was always in writing mode. From the time I woke wow. up till the time I went to bed. It, was just, it must have been an incredibly productive period. Yeah. It was, I guess. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I would think I would, I would have more. I mean, I have a ton of material now, but I just, I didn't work it the way I, I wanted to. Well, you know, that's because you're being hard on yourself. Of course. Yeah. Self-critical. Humility. Humility does breed good work, folks. If you think you're good, you're not going to work. You're not going to get better. If you already think <laughs> you, you got to think you're su you suck. Most, I think, you know, I think 
I think if you really meet your heroes, a lot of them think they suck. Surprisingly, it's always a surprise to me when I meet somebody I think is so talented and they're so like, I'm not very good. Uh, so anyway, back to your girlfriend. I want to yeah. hear more. I want to. I want to hear. She fell out of the. We can say cuss words on the. We can fucking yeah fuck yeah. She fell out of the fucking sky. Like I, I'm like, where have you been my entire life? She's probably blushing right now. No, it's so romantic. We love romance. I know. I was working in a bar. There was an 80s party, and I accidentally picked up her drink that was like one sip of alcohol left. Like, mm. it was a plastic. Like I swear to God, there was, yeah. there was like not even one-tenth of an ounce left. She's like, I wasn't done. With, I You took my drink. Uh, so I felt so bad because I never... Uh, it's never in the bartender's interest or a waiter to take someone's drink and throw it out. Like some people are like, well, the, then it just means that they have to buy more. No, it just means you're an asshole. So I brought her a new drink. Didn't think anything of it. At the end of the night, she's like, you don't have to, but I want to give you my number. <gasps> and if you don't want to call me, that's fine. And I was like, oh. no, I will totally. Oh. She was, I was just immediately smitten with her. When I first saw her too, I was like, Ooh, um, Wow, I love this. This is so romantic. And Are I'm, you happy I asked? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's so romantic. And then um, wow, she's like, I'm like, I will text you as soon as I put your number in my phone. She's like, well, I have to leave right now because she lives way, she lives way the fuck out in Queens, like way out there. Like, uh. It's, it's yeah, it's it's great though. She lives in a great, I mean, there's like all these amazing restaurants around there. Uh, uh -huh. So it's, it's uh -huh. worth it. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I put her number in and I text her right away. And then we were going to like w go out like a week later. And then we ended up going out the next night. Aww. And we just hit it off. You really hit it yeah, off. Yeah, totally. Aww. And here's the crazy thing. Um, I don't date comedians. Uh -huh. And she's not a comedian. Mm -hmm. But she's funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys make each other laugh. Oh, that, yeah, that's, ma that's mainly what we do. That's, yeah. So what does she do? Or what are her interests? Uh, what is she interested in? Cats. We bo we're both cat people. She's a vet tech, oh. veterinary technician. Oh, that's cool. Um, she's progressive. I'm progressive. Um, mm -hmm. She likes Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we started watching Squid Games. She's tougher than I. I don't know if I can keep watching that. I uh, yeah, I wouldn't watch. It's, My husband watched. It's a it. lot. Maybe we can swap TV. You know, it's TV swing. Oh, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I'll go watch You'd, TV with with me, yeah, and yeah. she'll watch TV. He'll but, Is it kind but of like you, swingers, but, but we 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 both <laughs> Phil and I were you know we'd probably be getting a better deal. Whatever. No, let's let's. So um, th that's crazy. That's a crazy idea. Um. So, um, I've already started writing jokes about her. Oh, you have? Yeah. You want she wants me one? to include her in my comedy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know. Yeah, she has no <laughs> idea. Uh, so, do you want to tell us one? Uh, let's see. How would I set this up? We're very progressive. So, uh, she doesn't want to like physically have kids. So, we're thinking, you know, Maybe we'll just adopt an Asian highway. <laughs> I think it's a dumb, it's a dumb That's joke. pretty funny. It's pretty cute, though. Uh, comedy. Does she know much about comedy? Uh, she does. She likes to go out uh, 
she took herself out on a date to Greenwich Comedy Club one night when I couldn't hang out with her. I forget what I was doing. Comedy. Yeah, she, <laughs> she likes, uh, yeah. Um, Has she seen you perform? Yes. And does she love it? Uh, I think she does. I think she's getting used to it. I think she's, I don't know. Like, she's seen me have good sets. So yeah, I, I got yeah. lucky. No, but does she, do you think that the person she sees on stage is really different from the person she knows or does how does it feel for you? Wow. That's a good question. Um, I think, Oh, well, I'm kind of gassy. Um, <laughs> I think she probably sees me as a different person on stage. Cause I think I kind of have a weird, almost like persona on stage. It's slightly different. I mean, yeah. it's honest, but it's, yeah, there's a veil of, well, I think persona. I think it's weird for anybody who's involved with a performer to see that person perform, right? Yeah. My, my husband gets so nervous when he does not. He does not even like me to perform. It makes him nervous, the whole idea of it. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's okay. Well, I'm kind of I'm not always on, but I'm kind of always yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. If, yes. I, if I can make someone laugh, I'm kind of on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even right. on the street. Yeah, so. right. Well, also the kind of comedy that you're interested in is very um, interactive and off the cuff, right? Yes. Improv and stuff like that. So clowning. So, yeah, you're not like a night and day person um, as far as that goes. Um, what do you think? Let me ask something. So you met her kind of quickly like I would say the pandemic's been, we've been getting back to normal in the last few weeks. And it seems like you met her during that time period, the last two months, right? Yeah. So do you think that anything that happened during the pandemic or the effect on you left you more open maybe to meeting somebody? There was kind of a break in my consciousness, I think, where I was finally like, I think I'm open to meeting somebody. Uh, I think it. Uh, I think because I spent so much time with myself for the like a year and a half, mm -hmm. you know, it was like there was the learning process. Plus, I got into therapy. I think that helped a you lot. Started therapy? You hadn't yeah. been before? No. Uh huh. Uh, when I was young, I did, but. Uh, mm hmm. Oh, I forgot to say, I love you, baby. Oh, is that to your girlfriend? Oh, no, it's to you. No, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no well, I don't know. Maybe it's your shrink. I don't know. I love my shrink, yeah. What's her name? Can we say her Juanita. name? Juanita. Juanita. Yes. That's kind of sexy. Yeah. I could, I mean, especially the way you've been like sort of talking about her. That sounds like, yeah. I'm picturing She's it. black, she's Korean, and she's named Juanita. Well, I'm, it's, I'm, it's a, yeah. I'm like picturing somebody kind of hot, pretty she's hot. beyond hot. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I want to meet her. Do you sun. think you're going to bring her to a mic? Oh, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't bring her to a mic. Oh. <laughs> but if you were doing a show or... If you, uh, a yeah. show or so, Yeah. Are you going to bring her to open mic? No, because you would oh, never open, bring anyone no, to an open mic. No. Yeah. No. no, I know. I know. I know. That was ridiculous. Sorry. No, people was, do, though, I think. I mean, if she wanted to, I'd bring her. Yeah, but, but I could see you hanging out. I brought like my mom and a friend of mine to an open I, mic one time. I could just... see you hanging out with her and she, you're like, I have a mic. Do you want to come? You know what I mean? I don't think you'd make it a date. I don't think you'd want to be like, it's your birthday. Do you want to come to an open mic? God, but... that would suck <laughs> if she's like, I want to go up. And then she just murdered. 
<laughs> and then now she's like this big hit. You know, yeah, no, that'd be great getting for Getting past at all the clubs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what do you think happened during the pandemic that changed, that cha- that made you more, say, vulnerable or open? What what made you go into therapy? Maybe there's a clue in there. Um, maybe it was my offerings to my voodoo spirits for... <laughs> See, now that's using humor to deflect. No, I'm being honest. Uh, Do you believe in voodoo? Yes, I'm a, a practicing voodoo priest, actually. Seriously? Yes, a lot of people don't know that. Okay, I can't tell if you're kidding or serious. No, I'm being serious. Okay. I'm outing myself. You know, you kind of are because you recognized um, there was a statue yep. on the way in here and you knew all about it. I was actually trying to uh, search for the image of that because it's it seems to be a combination of two spirits. Um, it's almost like a combination. So of So how long have you been into voodoo? Uh, like since you were a kid? Uh, age group? I think since I was born. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so um, anyway, we were, I want to get to the bottom of why, what happened? Why did you start therapy again? What changed for you during the pandemic? Um, I had insane, I've always had anxiety since I was young and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then I had panic attacks, um, a few of them. And I, I learned how to talk myself out of them. But during, during the lockdown and all that, my anxiety was through the roof. Mm. Just mm. every day. Plus, mm. I drink a lot of coffee. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and I got on Medicaid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was part of the, I got so on. You, oh, you got on Medicaid. So you had um, you had access to therapy. Yeah. And uh, I happened to call the place on the right day where she kind of fast tracked me to like I got bumped up. Oh, wow. Like most people had to wait like three or four months and I had to wait like three weeks. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Did they put you on medication? Yes. So you're new on medication? Yeah. Anti-anxiety what, meds. Yeah. What? what Buspirone. Uh, it's like, no, it's not a, it's not a narcotic. It's not, is it an SSRI inhibitor? I don't know. Hmm. Anti-anxiety, but not anti um, depression. If you take, <laughs> it's so weird. If you take one. It's for anxiety. If you take two, it's for depression and anxiety. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't suffer from depression. Some of my family members do, uh-huh. but I mean, I get depressed when I like see something depressing, but I don't, right. I don't right. get de- right. I'm circumstantial. Not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, cause you have a lot of energy. You're saying you're anxious. That's like, yeah. So uh, that's good that, so, so what, what, so you had anxiety attacks. That's kind of what you're saying, I think, motivated you, right? Yeah. Well, and, it it would even be beyond that during the pandemic. I wouldn't get anxiety attacks, but I would my anxiety would elevate to a level where it would just stay for like three or four hours. Well, what do you do you know what you're anxious about? Like, Oh, yeah. I was watching the news, the uh, the election. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to be anxious yeah, about. Yeah, there's so many people dying in New York. There are friends of mine in Kansas city who were not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, pandemic. did you have a fear that was sort of, you know, like, like that you could imagine, like, were you imagining that you were going to get sick or is there anything in specifically that you were focused on? I think my, I know this may sound weird, but I think my biggest fear wasn't about me getting sick or dying, but it was about me getting sick and getting someone else sick who, mm. who would die. Hmm. 
it was like it, like an irresponsibility would happen to where I caused the harm of another human being. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You know, you're not the first person I've heard say that, uh, that their anxiety is more about getting somebody else yeah. sick than getting themselves sick, which is really interesting. Altruistic anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I guess maybe deep down I'm a nice person. <laughs> or maybe you can't even handle your own fear of getting sick and you just look at it that way is more palatable for you. Yeah. But did you did you have any uh you know, what did did you did you get to anything in therapy? Like did you were you able to sort of understand what your anxiety was or anything like that? Uh Yeah, it's kind of strange. My my therapist is she's kind of a trip. She's she has a humanistic approach, which I don't know a ton about. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's too nice. Like she just is too understanding. <laughs> like everything I say, there's never there's never any like tough guidance or anything. Mm. It's just like, oh, so that's mm. kind of what you're going through. Okay, mm. it's like she's so she she's not. You don't feel like she's calling you out on things. Do you no. feel like you're? Do you feel like you're fooling her? Uh, no. She likes you, and so she can't really know you. She's not critical of you, so how could she really be effective? I don't know. We're going to start. I, I asked her if we could start going through Jungian type. She studied Jungian stuff, too, and I've always been interested in that. So I oh. want to go through the archetypes and the shadow and like. Oh, you really know this shit. Yeah, I want to get. Mm-hmm. I wanna, but anyway, it sounds like um, you had finally enough time alone. And you were ready to spend time with another person. Yeah. I don't think I would have been ready for her a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I was in a different headspace. I think the pandemic was a growth experience for God, pretty I just much. Felt, I just felt really vulnerable all of a sudden. When? Now? Yeah. I love that feeling. Don't. No, that's great. Like, Oh, uh, really? Yeah. That's, that's part of the clown. But I was just uh-huh. like, wow, I'm actually talking about being in a relationship on the, oh my God. <laughs> I bet Juanita is like really feeling good right now. Or she should be because you guys sound like a, po- she's definitely a positive influence. This oh, is all good. See, yeah. See, she's a huge positive influence on my life and I'm a bad influence on her life. Really? What's yeah. that about? Um, what do you mean by that? She's like a day person. She has like a real job and she goes to bed early and she... <clears throat> she like was very fastidious with like cleaning up after her cats. She's watches out for her drinking and stuff. Um, I will keep her out late. Oh. I will buy her the extra drink. She, on the other hand, I will, I will, I drink less around her. Right. Um, I, I'm more responsible around her than I normally That's good. would. Yeah. So, so. You, so yeah, <clears throat> but maybe she's a little more rigid, <clears throat> maybe like you're a good, good and less less judgmental or something yeah. you know maybe maybe she's like oh i gotta do this and i gotta do that is she like that like well she eats really healthy and then i'll go buy some a bunch of stuff that's not the healthiest stuff and then we'll pick out yeah yeah okay so i'm keeping i'm keeping uh i'm keeping that that i'm putting a pin in that i'm going to decide later like you know couple of months from now whether that's a good thing whether you're a good influence on on each other I, yeah. but she's definitely a good influence oh are you bringing you. me back in a couple months to i make- might <laughs> i might it depends 
You might need, you might, I hope you don't need to, I hope you don't need to come back. Most people are cured when they leave here. Oh, okay. I didn't know this was a curing. No, no. This is a healing process. There's there's not healing at all. We're going to fix you. There's nothing healing about this. Oh, God. So I want to get into some of um, your childhood and things that have been like difficult for you because I sense, like we said, I sense that there have been like some obstacles that you've had maybe like as a kid or I don't think you're growing. I get this feeling that you're growing up wasn't like real easy and smooth. Uh, That fucking sucked. Was it? Yeah. So I want to understand that because I want to understand you and I want, I want Juanita to know. Does Juanita know? No. Okay, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's up to you, of course. But um, no, I mean, I'm curious because I think that, you know, one of the things about um, the show in general that I think is always really good and that really helps me and is that um, I see, I always get, I you know, I respect everyone I have on the show or, or I wouldn't have them. Or at least the pretend to. <laughs> no. <laughs> Till after. No, I I respect. I mean, I invite people on that I think are productive and and worthwhile. You know, interesting people I want to talk to, and uh, as you are in that category. But I often find I often find that you know we we all have traumas and difficulties and obstacles, and I always think it's so inspiring that. Uh, especially how inspiring you are today, Sean, like talking about your new relationship and it sounds so positive. And I always think it's really good for people to understand that no matter where you come from and what you've been through, that we all, that you have resilience and that you've made, you've made, uh, uh, you know, lemons into lemonade. I hate that expression, but I, I just, it just came to me. But you know, like where you take all the horrible shit that you've had in your life and made some fucking awesome out of it and made your life better and made other people's lives better too, which you're doing by sharing junk food with your new girlfriend. <laughs> you're improving her life, but it's probably fun. Just don't do it. Look, Juanita, if he goes overboard, give me a call. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to him. Okay. So anyway, See, um, so let's talk minutes. about your. Let's talk about your childhood. So what was your childhood like? Um, I mean, a lot of it was good. I, I, my, I feel like we were like more in the city in Kansas city. I, I enjoyed that more. And then we slowly started moving out to the suburbs and I feel like that's when it got worse. Uh huh. Just, uh, I don't know if it's just the timing, but like as, as soon as third grade hit and when we moved out, to Overland Park, Kansas. That's that's when I I think I started to come into my own a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I I was definitely the weirdo. So what do you mean by the weirdo? The weirdo. I was the you, outcast. In I was your family different. or in school? Uh, no, in school. Well, Kansas City isn't. Um, you know, they that sounds like a very conservative, narrow, narrow, yeah, yeah. narrow. So, what did your family? What did your parents do? Uh, my mom was in real estate. Uh, she was also. Uh, like property managers. I had a uh, evil Republican stepfather. Um, um, he was in sales. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all you need to know, I mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. You didn't love your, you weren't crazy about your, do you, what, no, what, about, still not. what about your actual bio dad? Uh, he uh, was actually a, a famous magician. Are you serious? Yeah. As soon as he found out my mom was pregnant, he disappeared. That's a joke. It is. I use it in my act. Oh. No, he did. He took off. So I found out about him when I was 13. 
So did I didn't you, know about you it. You didn't know? No. You thought your stepfather was your actual father? No, I thought this guy named Ed Grauberger, who my mom married, was my real dad. He looked like Charlie Manson. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> um, so you never met your real dad? I did eventually meet my real dad when I was 13. And then I had a bit of contact with him through the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But um, what did you, what did your, so when did your, how old were you when your mom married your, I'm assuming Step your mom father? married, married once. Oh, she got married twice. The first time two was when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. And then, that guy you thought was your yes, father. Yeah. She wasn't married to him for very long because he wanted to go find himself in the mountains. Right, he did. I guess that's what you do she in the 70s. Yeah. She has a pattern. And then uh, I think she was married in 85 mm-hmm. till about 89, 90 to the other guy. So, so, so was there a long period between dads? Yeah. Uh, like how long? What years did you, were you dadless? Uh, I guess from two until 12, so oh. 10. Developmental yeah. years, okay. 13, yeah. Brothers, sisters? Uh, stepsisters, but no bios. Did your stepsisters, did they, which which dad, the second dad? Yeah. And were they, oh, they, were, they weren't even half sisters. Did they live with you? No, they were, they would come over like every other weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were around, but they weren't like in the day to day. No. And, um, wow. So... So it was really you and your mom for a lot of those developmental years, oh, yeah. wasn't yep, it? Yeah, Just you and her. Just me and her. And you're making a face um, that look. He's went, yep, yep. What was that like? Uh, a lot of alone time. What is? Did she? She worked. Yeah, she and worked a lot. And what did she do? Uh, she was a hairdresser. She would do property management. She worked at a bank. Mm-hmm. So she worked a lot to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But so you were alone a lot. Yes. And what was that like? Um, interestingly enough, um, I think that led to my path on the, the uh, voodoo. What do you mean by that? Because when I was left alone a lot, I would hear voices. Ah. And I approached my grandmother, who was, turned out to be a very spiritual woman. Mm-hmm. I told her one day, I said, I hear these voices all the time. She said, oh, that's your imagination. I was like, oh. But I always had like these guiding voices in my head. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're schizophrenic, you weirdo. But no, I, I think I was very spiritual from mm-hmm. a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. I was just very in touch with, I, I spent a lot of time like in the woods and like around nature and Mm-hmm. So kind of pagan, I guess. What 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 kind of influence did the voices have? Like what what were they telling you? I just kind of, kind of direction, I think. Did you feel like they were sort of parenting you in a way? Yeah, I was very protecting, very very uh-huh. from a very. And- you know, it's interesting. Now that we're talking, I'm sort of making a connection between you being alone a lot as a child and maybe the pandemic. Like maybe. Yeah, totally. There was some anxiety. Maybe some of that brought you right back to those years. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. 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 It felt familiar in that way where there was no end to like, you know, every day you were going to be alone for yeah. a long time Yeah, and there was no end. 
Like yeah. when you're a kid growing up, it's years and years and years. And when you're the pandemic, didn't know when it was going to be over. And yeah, but there ice- was a strange comfort in that too, because I read a lot of books, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time like staring at the ceiling. You mean the pandemic? Yeah, we're 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 nostalgic for the pandemic. I am too. Yeah, believe you. I'm me. still in it. <laughs> well, no one's completely out of it. Um, okay, so your mom wasn't around a lot. What 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 was school like? Did you have friends? Uh, I had a couple weird friends. Mm-hmm. They were on the fringe. I got bullied a lot. Mm-hmm. I was coming from Kansas City, Missouri, to the suburbs of Kansas. And we were lived in Windup for a while. We lived in uh, kind of some white trash areas. Um, beep. What does that mean? Did I win something? Um, <laughs> Not in this place. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, I kind of had to fight my way through it. I had, really? I got, yeah. I got fist fights, fights, fist fights after school. And then my stepfather would blame me that I was the reason mm-hmm. that I was getting into fights. And it was like, I got picked. I would. I, I was definitely different than most of the people out there. Mm-hmm. Like I was very conservative. And uh, my aunt Candace lived with us for a while and she was uh she was kind of a mentor to me growing up. Mm. And uh, she would give me advice. Like there was this girl that I, I liked in school. Mm-hmm. She's super pretty. And I was coming into puberty and um, I wanted to win her over. Right. So I bought her some perfume <laughs> and I was going to give her the perfume. And my aunt said, well, you should just, you know, if you really like her, you should just kiss her. And so I Ooh. tried to, Ooh. I was walking home with her one day with her friend and I tried to kiss her and she freaked out. She swatted my hand away. The the perfume went flying and broke on the ground Aww. and she stormed off flying down the road. Yeah. Oh, that was bad that advice. That was traumatic. Yeah, it was really bad That advice. was upsetting. Yeah. yeah. What did your aunt say to that? I'm kind of surprised that your aunt s- said for nine years. My aunt gave me really, really bad advice. It was funny. She's funny, though. Like I said, my mom thinks I got my sense of humor from her. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> there, there was a I hope t- you have a sense of humor about that. Yeah. There was a time when my mom had extremely bad PMS for a very mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom used to scream and yell. And, and so my Aunt Candace said, well, next time she does that, just say, Mom, you're beautiful when you're angry. Oh. So I did. And my mom flipped the fuck out. She lost her mind. It made her so much more angry. Really? It just escalated. Yeah. Wow. It was really funny, though. It is funny hearing about it. It's actually really funny thinking about that. Thinking that would. Yeah. Like that girl beating you while you were used to being beaten up. I guess she joined that girl hit you, too. She did not. Yeah. She was not wanting to date the weirdo. Well, I mean, I was only fourth or fifth grade oh yeah it's just kids learning how to you know be kids be people it's all it's it sounds but um i like that you took her advice but she sounds like maybe a a, somebody that doesn't isn't aware of like personal boundaries so much which is kind of cool yeah 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 we like that we like that in our in our people yes we do um so what happened um like in high school um, I actually turned into the cool kid, uh, cause I started doing drugs and playing guitar and chasing girls and listening to punk rock and going to shows and 
being in a band? Were you in a band in high yeah, school? Yeah, I was that guy. I was, so you were the cool guy in yeah. a band? It was like overnight. Like as soon as I started playing guitar, like uh-huh. I got a lot of respect from and a lot of the people that didn't like me before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your talent, you must have been talented at that. I was, kind I was of fun. Well, plan. I think because I spent a lot of time alone. Oh. That having right. a guitar was a friend and it was right. just like, I, I used to drive my mother nuts because I would um, practice all the time. So, and then you had a community, your bandmates and stuff like that. Yep. Like, and then I got involved in orchestra. I played cello. Oh, wow. Um, I was supposed wow. to go to school for it twice and I decided I didn't want to play dead people's music for the rest of my life. Yeah, I could see that. So did you go to college? I was supposed to twice. I went, I ended up, uh, I ended I'm really glad I didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to like one class at like a community college to help my buddy try to learn music theory. And he dropped out. I was like, I dropped out with like an A, was a mm-hmm. but I would have been thrown out if I would have gone to college. I would, I would have. And plus the recession hit after that. I, yeah. We would, I'd still be in so debt. You were, yeah. You were in the bands and you were busy with your. Yeah. I thought I was going to make it by yeah, the time I was course. 24. Of course. Like every. But he did. But it sounds like you were touring and stuff, right? Uh, a bit. I didn't get to get out of Kansas City much, but played a lot in Kansas City. Yeah, you were busy. And I mean, then, you were like involved in something serious. Yeah, and then I, I bailed and moved to. I sold everything and moved to England and played in bands over there for a few years. Oh, that must have been great. Yeah, was, were those great tough. years? Those were tough formative years. What was tough? Manchester. What was hard about it? I lived in Manchester. That's what was hard about it. Actually, I've it's actually in the north. Been there. You've been there. Have I been there? It's a course. great party town. I mean, the people are wonderful. They're there's it's a they're they're a different breed, Mancunian. And oh, it turns out I'm actually I have Mancunian blood. My oh, that's father, cool. my biological father, lived there when he was an infant. Oh, interesting. His, his mother lived in the same neighborhood that I lived in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. uh I think if we would have gotten a DNA test and he would have somehow adopted me, I could have gotten dual citizenship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's that. So you wound up moving there and it was difficult probably because you were, it was hard to make money. And yeah. Stuff. Is that what you mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you had some fun times. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah you've got stories. From oh, that. God. Yeah. 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 You had, the, you had some real life experiences. Yeah. I'm really glad that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That trained you for everything. Yeah. That's real. It life. trained me for New York. For yeah. Sure. And then did you decide to move to New York because of music? Yeah. I basically did the same thing again. I, I met a girl and she knew people out here and they were looking for someone to be in the band. So I sold everything and just got on a bus. Cool. 33 hours later, ended up in Port Authority. Wow. It's, it's totally like that Guns N' Roses video had like a guitar and a bag. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty fearless. All of that is very fearless. Uh, what, what, um, so how did you switch from comedy to, from music to comedy? You, do you still do music? Uh, I, I picked up my guitar and impressed my girlfriend last night. Oh, that's cool. She thought it was really hot. I bet. She's like, you have to, she brought me pizza and she's like, to trade, you have to play guitar Uh. for me. So, um. I found this amp on the street that is amazing. Makes me sound like I'm way better oh, than I am. Cool. <laughs> so I played her a little bossa nova and some kind of bluesy stuff, and then I played some metal for. Her she was happy about. Yeah, that. she was like, "Oh, Ooh, okay. cool." I was like, "What if I p- picked up the guitar and it just sucked?" She's like, huh. "I didn't think you were gonna suck." I was like, "Um, so I was playing. Not- I was playing uh, percussion in a friend of mine's band." 
And I always wanted, I've always been interested in comedy since I was really young. Ah. And I started to write when I was young, like around when Dennis Leary was kind of having his heyday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like what I was writing because it was just spewing vitriol, mm-hmm. just anger. Dennis Leary type stuff. Yeah. And so I never picked it up. And then I started writing again years ago. And then I put it down. And then a long, very long story short, I don't want to get into it right now because I, I wrote a joke and it ended up go, getting into the hands of a professional comedian, a very famous one. Mm-hmm. And I offered it to his assistant mm-hmm. so that he could have it. And it ended up being a big deal. Really? Yeah. Wow. And this was, I'd never done stand up. I'd, I was just working at a bar and I was on that day. I was like making this guy laugh. He's like, well, I'm such and such as assistant. Tell me your favorite joke that you, I was like, oh, this is really bad. And I was like, well, tell blah, 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 mm-hmm. that he can have it. He'll never be able to tell this joke. It'll just ruin his career. And he ended up doing wow, it. Did they pay you for it? No. No. Cause I gave it, it away. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. At that stage, who wouldn't, right? So I didn't even know that he had done it. And then I, I saw that there was some controversy. And I looked it up oh, and I was wow. like, oh my God, that was my joke. And that was like word for word almost. Can can you tell us the joke? No, because it'll give away. You don't want to do that. No, because here's my thing. It, uh, it's never going to give me any street cred. Um, right. It's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah. And most people won't believe it anyway. So, so it got, but it did get you motivated into, to, it, 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 it put a, uh, it showed you that you had definite talent yeah i was like oh your talent um yeah yeah um so Mm -hmm. uh, kind of in the timeline as well i started taking acting classes at the barrel group Mm -hmm. and in between 101 where i met sean niece oh yeah and uh (laughs) bsing with sean yeah he's he's great great Great, yeah, great podcast. And uh, we were in this class, and it was so funny. There was like twenty people, twenty five people at the beginning. I want to say at the beginning of the class, and then by the end, there was like four. Like I think all these like pretty people thought it was going to be oh, like one, right. acting one on one. They thought, oh, I'm going to be a famous movie star, right. and they're like, oh, you actually have to work at yeah, this. Yeah, you do, and it's hard. Yeah, and it's not it's fun really in hard. the beginning. No, and uh, so I was waiting in between one on one and the second one, and for some reason, there was a big gap like months between those classes at the time. And so I saw this class for improv. I was so scared. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do it. Just try it out. And I loved it right away, Mm -hmm. right away. And then I took the second class. And while I was taking that class, I heard from two different teachers that they loved Gene Taylor's theatrical clowning class. And that's a class they would take again. And so I took it and I immediately fell in love with theatrical clowning. And Gene Taylor is amazing. Is it physical? Is clowning very physical? With, uh, is, it can be. But what, 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 what? I would okay, s- like, I don't know a lot about clowning. What, you're, what are you talking about? What skill are you talking about in particular? I mean. Uh, like you said before, being very resilient, being very vulnerable. Uh-huh. Um, being it's, present. Mm-hmm. Is it playing off of people? Yes. You have to be connected to okay. the audience. And that's where a lot of times people don't realize when I'm doing stand-up, I'm doing a lot of clowning. Oh, I see what you're because, saying. Because like, I will engage you mm-hmm. and you'll kind of think that it's improvised. I am improvising, but I'm connecting with you and then I'm going into my next joke. 
Right. And I can always tell if I'm shit in the bed, if I'm not connected with the audience, Mm -hmm. I have to reset Mm -hmm. and connect with somebody. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's being connected with the public at all times. So it's a tool in a way. It's oh, not yeah. your whole thing, but it's a it's a very. Um, it kind of is my whole thing now. It kind of is it? took over my life. Because yeah, I mean, I guess I you know I've seen you. I can see that in your work for sure, and I also think you write some good jokes. Thanks. You know, so sometimes. Um, interesting. Interesting. So, you know, we only have 10 minutes left. I, I want to, can I just ask, I want to hear the part about what happened when your mom got married again, and then I'll let, uh, then I'll leave you alone. <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Was that tough when your mom got married again? Yeah. Cause she came to me one night and she's like, either we're not going to ever see each other again or we're going to get married. Oh, what do you boyfriend. think? And she wanted my advice. And I was like, well, I obviously wasn't mentally prepared for that. I would have told her, you were Stay nine? The fuck away from- How old were you? I think I was 12. 12. Oh, okay. Right, right. 11, 12. Right, right. And I wanted her to be happy. So I just was like, whatever you want to do, you know? Right. I mean, we got into a different space financially. We were always pretty fucking poor. Mm-hmm. Like pot pies and chicken a la king mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I still love pot pies and chicken a la king. But. No, but yeah, you knew that you were, you didn't have money. Yeah. So it was definitely, and it was the the Reagan era. It uh-huh. was definitely a very Republican, mm-hmm. you know, that old shit was he so did he um so was that a big change for you yeah he he i don't think he liked me mm-hmm. because i was creative and mm-hmm. i wasn't and i was not controllable uh, uh, no <laughs> he didn't want me to play guitar we had to secretly buy a guitar mm-hmm. and g- gift it to me mm-hmm. then he didn't want because he's like you're gonna grow long hair and do drugs uh. which is exactly what i did um, so actually in a way he kind of was responsible for me forming my individual mm-hmm. armor and ideals and becoming punk rock for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause I rebelled hard, hard, mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably, so you, when did you start? What did it, did that happen before you started playing music and stuff? You're, did he get married? Like yeah. it sounds before the phase where you started playing music. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. How did your mom like? Does so? Are they still married? No, no. They got divorced in like eighty nine, ninety. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And is your mom single now? Still? Yep. She never very got single. Do you, are you close to her? Do you see? Yeah, her I talk to her almost every day. Oh, really? Sometimes it'll be like four or five days where it'll just like mm-hmm. during the pandemic we were talking like once every day, sometimes twice. Oh, that's nice. So you have a nice relationship with her. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, we have nine minutes left. What do you, what, uh, what else, what else, what else don't we know about you, Sean? I'm, I'm a good cook. Are you? Yeah. Are you really into cooking? Yeah. You I've, I've worked in restaurants almost since I was like 13, 14. Really? Yeah. And what, what, what kind of cuisine or? Cajun Creole is my. Cajun yeah. Creole. So it encompasses a lot of different styles, you, like Spanish and French and mm-hmm. Southern. Where did you pick that up? I worked at uh, this place called Kiki's Bonton Maison in Kansas City, Missouri. It oh, was a wow. Cajun Creole restaurant, and they had a, a band that would play a Zydeco band, a oh, Bonton wow. Soul accordion band. And that definitely, mm-hmm. that was those were my maturing years, ah. being in the fire, in the hot That's kitchen. That's a hard job. It was a really hard job. Yeah, brutal. 
And we partied hard too. Yeah. <laughs> that whole youth thing. So have you uh, cooked for Juanita? Yes. Yeah, she appreciates that. She likes that. to cook. And I like her cooking too. So. Oh, really? What she doesn't she- think she's a good cook, but. What does she cook? What does she make? She made me great breakfast. She made me um, an omelet. Uh, with, uh, I, I bought some impossible sausages. She cooked those up. So uh, just like nothing, not, nothing, nothing, not a particular cuisine the way you are. Uh, uh we're, we're, uh, I'm sure she'll, she'll surprise me with some. Yeah. 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 But I love cooking for her. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yep. That's I great. don't like cleaning up, but got to do it. So does she have her own apartment and everything? Yep. She's in Queens. We're together, but separate, which is kind of a cool thing. You mean like you're a couple, but you're not together all the time? Yeah. You live she has well. her own life. I have my own life. Mm-hmm. We have our own apartments. Mm-hmm. I think that's a healthy New York thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that live together and then wish they had their own place. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think. I'm I think- so glad I didn't have a a. a significant other during the pandemic i think it's really hard i mean i, I would have lost my shit no i did um luckily he has this office studio that he goes to every day um otherwise i don't know but i think that um i mean for me it was mostly that there's just this one other person in your life and that's really hard on everybody you yeah know, like we need we need a we need a community. We need a village. So I think like I think that everybody had their own brand of hell during the pandemic. I think there's a certain hell of being alone. I think there's a certain hell of being with one person. I think there's a certain hell if you had kids. I'm so glad I don't have kids. Yeah, that I think is I think that is a real I think that's really tough. Um Yeah, the other thing too that definitely came out during the pandemic uh which I learned about myself is I really fucking hate people. Yeah, what do I you do. Mean by I that? fucking hate people. What do you mean by that? Um, just the like the whole election, the the people, the anti-vac, not wearing mat, like just the whole stupidity of the world mm-hmm. in general just mm-hmm. came bubbling to the surface. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of pieces of shit out there. I mean, I'm a piece of shit sometimes too. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think that the way the news is reported has gotten more and more like we're all in our own little, you know, silos. And I think that's got made it worse for everyone because we don't get like a balanced view of anything. Yeah. And so like we just keep getting fed how horrible everything is and then it just keeps getting worse. I think I think that's I think that's a big problem. I think Bill Burr's right. I wish there was like a news channel that only had good news. <laughs> I would I would pay for that, you know. Oh, and uh you know, Boise, Idaho, uh Terrence blah 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 and his wife uh blah 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 uh found a cat with some kittens and now they adopt it. You know, like I want to hear shit like that, you know. You know what I always think about? It? I always think about how celebrity news is always like so positive, like in a uh, certain way, like so and so they did this and they, you know, lost fifty pounds and they got their new haircut and they're in starring in this movie and stuff like that. And like celebrity news versus what the world news is, it's like that's just none of it's real. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's just extremes. That's all. We all have to like make our own life work for us, right? Make your own news. No, just, you know, try and like, don't fuck up the planet and do the best you can. Try not 
to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Try. So, so do you think comedy has changed since the pandemic? Totally. And how has it changed? It's weird. Like in what way? It's, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to be honest. Hmm. What do you mean? There's like a veil of like fear that I see in a lot of comedians where they, they're not edgy. Hmm. A lot of comedians aren't edgy. And when I finally see an edgy comedian, I'm just like, oh, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. So you think Dangerous. people aren't really, they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be seen. Yeah, there's a lot of armor. Yeah. So you think that the uh, pandemic, I think also people, I think there's a lot of the armor is because we were locked up and now that we can get out, we're not. We have, we still have our armor. We, we grew armor because we were inside. And then when we got outside, we were like, whoa, let's put some armor on. So I think we're, you know, I, I think we are, I think that's what happened. But I'm hoping that I really kind of think, and I'm, I'm hoping that the pandemic has made people like a little more aware and a little more conscious and a little more decent that has put things in perspective where, you know, we're, more considerate. Yeah, I think I'm on the, I think I've found that more comedians are friendly to each other, except for that one guy yesterday, um, or the couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a weird trend where people are afraid to be vulnerable because of fear of being canceled, but there's technically not even a cancel culture, which I'm realizing. <laughs> It's very confusing, isn't it? You don't even think there's a cancel culture? What do you mean? You think it's that's a myth. all? It, that's all a myth. It's a I myth. No, it's a, it's a, it's a unicorn. It's not real. It's 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 not fake, but it's I don't know how to explain. It. Well, know. the pandemic, you know, is and and everything that went with it, which is also partly like the uh, you know, Trump and everything that happened, the whole capital thing. I mean, I think we're all in trauma and yep. we don't really know how it's going to react how people are going to react. Even the people that voted for him, I think are in trauma. Yeah, I mean, everybody is. I don't know how I don't I think it's going to This is what I said in 9/11, you know, it's going to take years to understand how this affects us and I sort of think that now too. So, we I'm we have we have like 1 minute, so I want to remind people um um that they should check you out cuz you are fabulous and oh, they should you. know that by now. So, it's Sean Gibbs 108 on Instagram and goodonecomedy.com. And I also want to say thanks for listening. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3, and I have over 250 episodes on the archives on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org that you can download. And um, don't forget, oh, get our newsletter, okay? We've got great stuff coming up. And you can find out about it and be invited. Be part of our community. So that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. And I would love you guys to show up at something because we have we have some shows coming up and we're going to have more now that everybody's out. And uh, yeah. Dr. Lisa gets shit.